All right, hi everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Just a Girl from Cleveland. We are coming in here with episode 51. I hope everyone's enjoying their summer so far. I know I am. I'm excited to see one, nice weather. It really just changes my entire mood. And two, just seeing people out and about again after, you know, this last year or so of COVID. It just feels it feels good to see people smiling on, on the streets again. I Last weekend was uh, in the flats for one night in downtown Cleveland, and it was just... It made me so happy just to see people enjoying their time together, getting to really smile at the the people they're with and not, you know, have to live in the sad COVID world that we were living in. So it feels really hopeful and exciting that we've made it to this point. And I'm really excited about it and excited for what we have to come in the future. And it really does make you appreciate uh that type of excitement. I think when you get caught up in the day-to-day of life, sometimes you forget um, how privileged we are to be able to live the lives we do and get to do the things we do. So it's a good reminder that um, nothing is, is promised to us and we should really take advantage of those moments we have with the people we care about. So that is what I am thinking about today. Um, Other than that, I'm always thinking about sports, as you know if you listen to this podcast regularly. Uh, Constantly have things running through my head, but this week is going to be a little bit of a lighter week, um, which some of the weeks have been lately. Things got at least exciting there with the NFL draft, um, and there's not always much to talk about after the draft until we really get into the training camp and the, the actual season starting. Um, I'll talk a little bit of OTAs today, not too much, uh, a little NBA playoffs. Um, right before I started recording this podcast, the MVP of this NBA season was announced. So going to get into that a little bit too. Um, but before I do that, I first want to get into what I spent, I want to say this was two weeks ago now. I spent a night really Rewatching highlights from Browns games. Uh, this included the Pittsburgh wildcard game, uh, the Titans matchup, the one Bengals matchup, and then Baker's first game against the Jets back in 2018, whatever year it was. No sense of time anymore. 2018. Um, and man, it's just still so exciting to rewatch those games. Like I still have the same amount of enjoyment I have, I had watching it the first time around. It's, it's really it was it was a fun experience. I highly recommend going back and watching old games. Pick the good ones, not the atrocious, horrible ones. But uh, some things really stood out to me. Not so much in the games from this last season because those are still pretty fresh in my brain and I have a pretty distinct memory of them in my head. But going back and watching Baker's first game against the Jets, uh, he came in really towards the end of the second quarter when Tyrod Taylor was kind of falling apart. And uh, just watching the stadium full of people lose their minds when Baker Mayfield came out on that field 
it gave me the chills. I um, honestly almost started tearing up because it was so cool to relive that moment. And I know we were gearing up to open up the Bud Light fridges at that point in time. Uh, once the Browns were able to secure a win, we were one and one at that point. Uh, had already played the Saints and the Steelers, I believe. Uh, so that ended up being our, our first win where we could unlock those fridges. And it was exciting to watch Baker at that point in time because he played great. I think he's evolved so much since that moment in time. And I think sometimes we forget about how much he has grown and evolved since then. But he really played so well in that game and was so explosive. His first completion was to Jarvis Landry, which also was a nice little moment. Jarvis played pretty well in that game. There was a two-point conversion of of Jarvis to Baker, which was, you know, we love those trick plays. Always a good time. Uh, so I liked watching that. I also think the other thing that really stood out to me was Denzel Ward. Um, I think there's been so much turnover on our team in my entire life uh, that sometimes uh, I forget about the guys that have been around for a couple years. And Denzel is really one of, the, in my mind, one of the top corners in the league. And I think because we made so many new additions to our secondary in this last year that I don't talk about Denzel as much. But man, is he so good, so fast. I just... I'm excited to see what he's going to be able to do this year um, in combination with all of the additions that we made to our secondary. So I think Denzel was the other thing that really stood out to me. Um, and just how much has changed since 2018, whether it's in the coaching staff or uh, players as well. The names on the field, it was, it was wild to kind of relive and see some of the people that were out there that I truly forgot existed. It also just made me think about how much in football, especially, can change so fast. No year is promised to you. No contract is promised to you. Uh, half the guys who, probably more than half the guys who were on the field during that game are probably not even on going to be on a roster this season. Um, and it just shows you how short-lived most careers are. Um, and that's why they really try to take advantage of the moments that they have out there on the field. So that was just another takeaway I had. Um, but getting into kind of OTAs and what's going on with the Browns right now, one Odell's off-season rehab video that, that just dropped recently on his social media. Pretty awesome to watch. He looked super explosive, looks as good as you could expect him to look coming off of such a tough injury. Um, wasn't that long ago that that happened, so it's good to see him really that he has healed that well. Obviously, things change once you actually put him on the field with other people, but being able to see him still at that level of explosiveness in that video was really excited, and it made me very excited for him this year. I feel like a lot of people are very down on Odell and are constantly talking about how he is not going to fit in with this team, and we just don't know that yet. We, we, What we do know is that before Odell got hurt last year, the team had not managed to mesh in general. Baker was struggling a little bit. We were not clicking as a whole. It just so happened that after that game, Baker did really start to click in the offense, and a lot of other guys started clicking as well. People stepped up in the wide receiver role like Hollywood Higgins, um, and we managed to 
end the year really, really well. I don't think you can say that's all OBJ and that he is the reason for that not clicking. Um, I think that there were probably a lot of factors to it, as I've talked about a million different times. Baker was still learning a new offense under Kevin Stefanski. That really, he wasn't able to be comfortable for those first couple of games. OBJ gets hurt. Uh, As you would expect, Baker starts to get more comfortable in the offense, regardless of if OBJ is on that field or not. So I am trying to reserve my judgments for Odell Beckham Jr. until after this season on what I think his future should be with the Cleveland Browns because we just don't know and there's too many unknown variables at this point in time to say anything definitive about what he means to the Cleveland Browns and how he fits into this offense. I think we need to see it this season actually materialize on the field in order to make any legitimate judgments about future contracts or potential trades. I'm just not ready to say anything for sure yet. And anyone who is saying otherwise, I think, is lying (laughs) because they can't be sure either. Um, But to get into OTAs, like I said, a lot of guys obviously not showing up. Um, We have, though, recent reports of a lot of receivers down in Texas working out with Baker Mayfield Today, OBJ, Jarvis, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. I think I saw a report that Richard Higgins is also down there as well. Uh, So they're getting some work in together. And uh, obviously on the defensive end, we have had a lot of those players show up to OTAs. And honestly, I am not really getting too deep into this narrative that there is something horrible happening here with a lot of our offense not showing up to OTAs. I personally do not think that it is the end of the world. Um, I think it's great that they are working out together in Texas. I hope they stay safe and healthy and we don't have any uh, crazy injuries happen when they aren't under you know, the Browns' supervision. Uh, but I think people are blowing this storyline way out of proportion. It is not 2019 when OBJ didn't show up to OTAs and that caused a lot of you know confusion and questions around him and around really everyone on the team at that point. But that was a different day in Cleveland Browns history. That was a team that was being led by Freddie Kitchens. We are now a team that is being led by Kevin Stefanski for... As I will mention it again, the second year in a row that these players are going to be playing in this offense. That year, they were learning a new offense. So I think it's a big deal that they have already been able to play under that. Um, There's a little bit less of that ahead of time work you have to do in learning that offense. So I think that helps a ton. And I'm just not going to get worried overall because if Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry are okay with these players not being there, and even if he's not okay, I am sure he is having those conversations with them behind the scenes, communicating with his players. I think he really respects his players a lot. Um, I think he respects Wyatt Teller a lot and what his role is in this league. And I think that it's going to be fine. They're they're reportedly going to be back here very soon. I know they have the Jarvis Landry um, charity softball game this coming weekend. So reports are saying they should be there next week for um, 
mini camp. And I think that's fine. I'm I, Again, I'm just not going to get myself all worked up about something that I think at the end of the day does not matter that much. Um, you know, they had a really hard year. All teams had a really hard year living under these COVID restrictions. A lot of them not getting to see a single person outside of their household during the season, making a lot of sacrifices for the team in order to you know, play football at a high level this year. And I think they're just trying to soak up this time too with with their friends and family and getting the most out of that so that they're in a good headspace coming into this year because I'm not a football player, but I know this last year took a mental toll on me as well, being isolated and, and secluded from a lot of the people I love. So I think it's, it's, I know that might not be the, it's obviously not the reason they are doing it, but I think that's another added benefit of it is this extra time to get their heads in the right space before coming in full force this season and getting back on the grind. So I'm not going to get worked up about it. And I think everyone else just needs to take a chill pill and relax. Um, we did have the preseason games and well, the dates and times for the preseason games get announced um, today, so other exciting news. We have obviously we knew the Jaguars, Giants, Falcons, two of them are away. The Giants is home. Um, I am hoping that we really don't play a lot of our main guys in um, these preseason games because I still have PTSD from OBJ getting injured in a preseason game back in 2019. Uh, that was tough and I don't want to risk that this season so I think most of the the top dogs on the team should be sitting for that and I'll bring this up for the seven millionth time today but they are comfortable in the offense at this point in time um, or at least aren't learning a new one so they should be okay to not have to play in these preseason games and training camp and all of the other things they will be doing this summer will be enough for them to be prepared going into the season. Would rather that than risking um, some preseason injuries that totally ruin what we are planning to do this season. But overall, I'm excited. We are getting closer and closer to football season. Less than 100 days away now, I believe. Um, I remember seeing some people posting recently that we were 100 days away. So I'm ready to be back in business, ready to, to get things going. All right, so I am going to get into a couple NBA things now, and then we'll get you on out of here for the day. NBA playoffs. Okay, so obviously LeBron lost. I think we're we're all aware of that at this point. It was a tough showing for the Lakers because they had some of the brightest moments in one the playing game against the Warriors and and two some of the earlier games in their series against the Suns, but. They really just, once Anthony Davis was hurt, they had no shot of winning that series. LeBron still kind of battling back from his injury. And I know this is kind of like a narrative that has been continuing for the year, but the Lakers are tired. The Lakers and the Heat are more tired than any other team in the league from last season 
playing in the bubble and having the shortest offseason of all time, I think that does matter. And when you're at LeBron's age, you do need some additional rest and time to recover. And having that cut short does make a huge difference. He had his injury, and then he definitely had a hard time coming back from that. Um, what I don't agree with, though, is the continued narrative that this somehow like drastically taints his legacy and what he's done in his career. The bar is constantly being changed for LeBron James, and I think it's absolutely ridiculous. It's been happening for years. Uh, it happened in 2016 when the Cavs beat the Warriors. So many analysts, media personalities, people in general we're saying that if LeBron was able to come back from 3-1 against the Warriors and win that finals against a 73-9 regular season team, one of the greatest regular season teams of all time, if he was able to do that, a lot of people felt like that would cement his legacy as the greatest of all time. Since that point in time, he has returned to the finals multiple times. He won the finals in the bubble last year. He has still played at such a high level as he has continued to age. Uh, and there's people that forget, that almost have a revisionist history of what he has done. And they continue to say, well, now if he can do, if he can win it all this year, then maybe that will cement his legacy as the greatest of all time. How many times does he have to prove a point and do what you told you asked him to do um, to get that title as the greatest of all time. I just think he is held to an insane and almost impossible standard. If he does not win an NBA title every single year, then that is not good enough for some people, and I think that's absolutely insane. I, the narrative changed again from the bubble last year. A lot of people were saying that it was going to be really hard to win in the bubble. You're secluded from everyone. Yeah, there's no fans, but it was going to be hard to do. Um, and everyone is playing under the same circumstances there. So it's not like the Lakers had a, a leg up in the bubble. They didn't have a leg up in the bubble. They were playing under the same premise as everyone else, and they still won. Now this year, people are saying, oh, no, the bubble win was a fraud. It didn't didn't mean anything, didn't count for anything, and I just think it's insane and absolutely ridiculous that LeBron can never live up to what some people want him to do uh, when it changes every single year, and it is not the same for him and every other player in the league. Um, in my mind, I think he cemented his legacy after the 2016 finals, and that's where I stand on it. And he's continued to be great, and nothing else he could do in my mind would really change that. Uh, he still probably has a couple years left in his career, fingers crossed. And I think that he has already shown who he is and what he has meant for basketball. Um, and yeah, that's, that is that on that. I, I will be taking no other arguments or questions about who LeBron James is as a basketball player. Okay. Last thing I wanted to talk about quickly is MVP. Nikola Jokic has won. He has officially been announced as this season's MVP. He averaged 26.4 points per game, 10.8 rebounds per game, and 8.3 assists per game. He also did not miss a single game this season, which cannot be said for pretty much every single NBA star this year. It felt like everyone was injured at some point. 
Um, I think this was extremely well-deserved. I feel like because he isn't one of the most... Um, I don't know what the right word is, I guess outspoken or forward faces of the league that some people feel like this selection was out of out of left field, but I think it was great and very well-deserved, like I said. Major congratulations to him. Um, kind of good to see different faces in there sometimes and the new rising stars in the league as, as the league continues to change and uh, some of the, the greatest players start to age a little and, and get injured a little bit more. Um, but I'm still excited to watch the rest of the NBA playoffs. I I have a horrible feeling that the Nets are, are going to win it all. They look pretty much unstoppable at this point. Um, clobbering the Bucks, even though about a week ago I, I was telling people that I thought maybe the Bucks would be able to beat the Nets, but jokes on me that's literally not going to happen the nets look insane um i don't know who's going to come out of the west honestly the suns have looked they've looked pretty great so i think there's there's some possibility there but it's really a toss-up which is kind of exciting for the league because a lot of people have complained for many years about how the for, the finals were always um either lebron was in it or the warriors were in it for the last decade so it's good to see some new teams in there and keep the sport exciting and fresh and um change it up where it's not a a pretty much sure thing of who is going to be in the finals which going back to lebron's whole legacy thing pretty wild that for like an entire decade it was a straight up guarantee that he was going to be in the nba finals i don't think people realize how hard that is to do um and, and he did it for an insanely long amount of time that it was a truly a guarantee that he would be there. Um, so I'm looking forward to watching the rest of it. I don't even know who I want to win at this point, but I don't want the Nets to win. I just I think they're going to. They're pretty much unstoppable. Okay, so that is all I have for you guys today. A little bit of a shorter episode, um, but just wanted to get some thoughts out to you all. Like I said, I hope you're all continuing to enjoy the summer, the nice weather, um, and thanks for listening.